dweebs and geeks and freaks and junkies, we are here once again with the awesomest, the awesomest known as Mai Tai Happy Hour. Everybody's pop culture podcast for weirdos, our favorite time of the week. It's a, the best day of the week. The best for me, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is my favorite time of the week. Oh, yes. Yes. George, yes, yes. you flatter me so. Oh, my God. Being next to you. Yeah. I'm losing my cheese bow. Yeah, I know. I know. Every, I mean, you drip it. It's almost like as if you've become more Greek because of me. I have become Greek by association. Exactly. I think it's a wonderful thing. Hambone, what's in store for the kids today? So, we have a great show for everyone tonight. We are going to talk about the Vice series, The Dark Side of the Ring. Some of the more sordid and, dare I say, dark tales of professional wrestling. We're also going to talk about the brand new album by Bad Religion, Age of Unreason, which just came out today. Now, the embargoes have been lifted. We are going to talk about Avengers Endgame in detail. So I hope you're ready for that. I hope you've seen Avengers Endgame this weekend. And finally, we're going to wrap it up with another chat about Game of Thrones. Episode 4 just dropped. I have so many thoughts and feelings that I don't know if I can contain. I finally saw Avengers Endgame. Oh my god, the thought and feelings. I've been, you know, new bad religion album for me. It's like Christmas. Uh, this dark side of wrestling has been like, ah. I uh, also discovered uh, what happens tonight when you get a paper cut from cardboard. Oh no! I have never had. It, oh. it might be leaking again. Uh, if you see my hand just start oozing blood, let me know. So I received. I, I've recently become a big fan of Adidas. Uh, no thanks to Andrew Test at work, who's like, you need to try out Adidas because they're the most comfortable shoes ever, especially for men with fat feet. And as a man with fat feet, uh, or at least one that's fatter than the other one, so it's a pain to buy shoes. Really? Not not enough to be not enough for me to need two different size shoes, but enough where after a long day my right foot is definitely tighter than the other foot. So the uh the left one's a good foot. Left foot's a good foot. So Adidas absolutely have a very uh wide foot and it's also all uh stretchy material. Okay. Uh but I don't even know where I'm getting there. Regardless, Adidas do not have insoles like most shoes do. Really? It's like built in or something. I can't quite figure it out. And I went ahead and uh, found, after trying out a few, found a company uh, name I don't remember right now, but that makes pre-cut insoles that you can get like 11 and a half to 12 and they actually fit perfectly. Really? Instead of having to cut them and they never fit right when you try to cut them. Uh, so I've bought a bunch of those. Uh, but they come in these really fancy, uh, fancy cardboard boxes the ones that are uh, easy to open from amazon is that and i'm looking at the camera right now easy to open easy to open yeah this isn't that bad it was a slide and i push and i slide and as it slid <sighs> don't say it thick don't hard cardboard sliced through the webbing on my between my thumb oh, and my like uh, index like finger it. and uh i was like okay it looked it felt bad i knew it was going to be bad but, you know, it's a paper cut, so it hurts for a second, and then you just got to deal with it. And I'm like, okay, just hold it together and just hold it. It'll be run. At the same time, my kid's got 102 fever. Oh, and buddy. Allison's dealing with that, and I'm trying to figure out how to deal with this because you lost one hand by Was it like this. an Evil Dead gusher situation oh, it, going on? It was getting – it was oozer. It was an oozer. And you could see when you oh. spread the, the webbing, you could see the quarter-inch hole widen significantly. So I'm like, oh, fuck. This is bad. And I – I tried to wash it out. I washed it out. I put paper towel, and when I let go of the paper towel, it would literally, like after a second, it would be down my hand. And I'm like, oh, that's a lot of blood. So I'm trying to deal with the kid going upstairs sick. I'm trying to get this done. I was trying to do that. I'm trying to help with the bottle, but I'm bleeding profusely. Yeah. 
run to the medicine cabinet, get a Band-Aid, put a Band-Aid on. Not easy. Again, one-handed Band-Aid with your other hand. Tough. Put the Band-Aid on. Within seconds, I stop paying attention to my hand. I look back up, and it's <laughs> the Band-Aid soaked, whole hands covered in blood, and somehow I'd got it on my right hand, too. How I did not get it on my pants or shirt, I have no I idea. Say, blood everywhere. Ugh. So I'm trying to find gauze. And I'm like, finally find some gauze. We don't have tape because we don't get injured that often. And basically, I had to take two band-aids, put a doubled up gauze, and hopefully this – I feel it wet, though. It feels wet, but it hasn't soaked through this yet. So we'll see how it goes. I, if you I see. feel like so horrible and gross listening to this. And I have issues with stuff like that. I tend not to uh, – my pain tolerance is ridiculous. I'm the moron. I don't know if you heard the last time. Like I did the, the dumbest thing I've done recently. About a year and a half, two years ago, I crashed my motorcycle going to work. Right. I was heading to work. I was at a stop sign in Glen Ridge, and I hit gravel uh, from a stop in first gear. I hit gravel. I popped the wheel and basically did a like a 180-360 on the bike. I, I wasn't trying to do it. It just it jackhammered the steering wheel like this. It just went around a circle, and it caught my 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 knee. Like the it, the handlebars just clipped my knee. Go down. Worst thing ever. The cops come. I have to ask people to help me lift my bike up because I clipped my knee. I couldn't bend down to lift it up. I couldn't back it up. So I had to get help. Luckily, they were like, please, don't. I'm like, don't call this in because if insurance gets a hold of this, like, oh, yeah, it's over. It's over. So I, I basically rode my bike with a broken clutch in first gear, limped it and myself home. And I'm like, well, I got to get to work. So I parked the bike, hopped in my car, and went to work. And how big was your knee by then? It was, uh, it was, I felt about halfway through getting to work pumping the gas it was my right leg that i was in trouble i show up to work i lift uh, i go into my boss's office she had an office at the time lifted my pants up and there's just blood everywhere like it just, and she's like why did you come to work i went to the uh went to urgent care i had like fucked up meniscuses and like whatever things that i shouldn't and I eventually have to say I've taken care of. I've never actually had my knee taken care of. No, you haven't. And it's been bad for a while. And then I had an accident. And I don't know how uh. I. So basically, but I still function as if like I don't complain at all. No. So there, that's a that's a moment in George. Wow, with all this blood talk, I'm really glad I picked a red cocktail to make. Yes, tonight. so talk to in, in honor, uh, you know, Game of Thrones, the Red Wedding. I think or Lannisters. Let's talk about some red cocktails. So also fitting for the theme of Game of Thrones, this is a blood-colored cocktail. It is a rosemary Campari julep. Cool. Now it's a little bit different because this is not a muddled drink. This is going to be a shaken drink. So it is one and a half cups of crushed ice now what you want to do is this you're going to take a half of the cup and you're just going to put it aside in the actual cup itself the rest of it goes in the cocktail shaker two ounces of rye whiskey i always recommend bullet it's an easy fix and it's always easy to find at almost any liquor store a quarter ounce of campari now campari is a berry flavored liqueur mm -hmm. campari is that thing that people bring to your house like oh i got you a bottle for your bar and you're like what the hell am i going to make with campari well here you go folks you're going to make the rosemary campari julep so just a quarter ounce of the campari a half ounce of simple syrup and you're going to shake it in a shaker with ice now one thing you're going to add to it though is a sprig of rosemary in the shaker with the cocktail so you're going to shake it up nice you're going to pour it in there it's going to kind of go over the top of the half cup of ice that's already in the cup and this is great because when you shake liquor it kind of breaks up the ice and starts to water down a little bit so it's going to not fully water down the cocktail having that other ice in there is going to keep it nice and cold for you and you're going to garnish with the other sprig of rosemary i recommend when you go to the supermarket they sell them for like two bucks those little plastic packs that have just enough sprigs of rosemary for either what you're going to cook or the amount of cocktails you're going to make may 
It's for juleps. So I have a recommendation, and it's not me just complaining about your uh, choices in cocktails again. I don't feel like we've ever done a sangria. I don't think we have either. And I am actually a huge fan of sangria. Yeah. Especially white sangria done right. I think there should be a, uh, maybe you take a break or we wait till uh, June. And I think it's only an episode. I think we should do a what makes a good sangria what are the different options for sangria? And just like talk us through a sangria. I would love to, because I think that would be not quite a cocktail, but I think it is kind of a cocktail. Well, it is. It's a it's a mixture it, of things, it's delicious per- things. Yeah, I just want what makes a, a, a the best sangria I've ever had is actually at um, uh, Tabor Road up in uh, on Forty Six. No, on Route Ten. Up by where the old Chevy's was. We keep going up Route 10. You hit the Parsippany area over by 202. Okay. There's a couple of restaurants. And the one the Tabor Road there is one of the best sangrias ever. It's white. Again, not a ton of fruity fruit. Just really, really good, refreshing uh, sangria. I don't remember what the best sangria I ever had is because the sangria did the trick. The other really good one I've had is Erica Martinez's. Oh my God! She Possibly does make it very hit good. her up, just yeah. get her recipe, and see I, how it compares. I definitely will. Uh, you know that would that I, I think that would be awesome. Calling in the Martinez for the hot tag. I like it. So dark side of wrestling. I've been hounding you for a while on this, hounding yes. you for a little bit, but it's not easy to watch. Much like Cobra Kai and YouTube TV, which by the way I did finish, and I am very impressed with second season. Right. Uh, so wow. good, so good. Uh, I do recommend it. again. Now I fully recommend it. Having seen it. People say it turns dark. I think it just turns beautiful at the end. That choreographed final fight scene in the school is like, wow, it is like the Nutcracker Sweet meets Columbine. That's that's a little dark, but But, yeah. But but is it wrong? No, I I mean, it was like a full gang fight. Yeah. It was like a legitimate- A little West Side Story in there, too. Very West Side Story. Very well done. They did a spectacular job of season two of Cobra Kai. That said, the the Dark Side of the Ring- I've been watching it on YouTube after the episodes air. And at first they've had the other ones. So uh, they have on YouTube right now the Macho Man Randy Savage, Miss Elizabeth, the death of the murder of Bruiser Brody, and the Von Erics. So you didn't the screw job, the Montreal screw job's not on there? That I haven't found yet. That's weird. That's three episodes. That's uh, before the. They've been putting them out of order. Okay. Regardless, uh, it's on Viceland. Viceland is not very. It actually is on Fios. Oh. It is on Fios. I I think I sent it to you, or maybe I told George it's on. I may have told George to get it for you. It's on. uh, There is a numbered channel that has Viceland. Uh, There is also the app. I'm using the app using my Fios account. So I'm watching on Apple TV. Viceland is largely uh, a dumping ground for the non-political Vice stuff, and they have a lot of stuff yeah. that just doesn't air anywhere. A lot of a lot of um, you know porn after dark, but not like what happens after you become a porn star. Weird type of fetish yeah. videos. Really, you know, some of their off-color but enjoyable documentaries. Uh, and one of them is Dark Side of Wrestling. At first, I thought it was a uh, uh, Abraham, whatever the guy from uh, Fucked Ups. Side project that's actually got green lighted because Dark Side of Wrestling is really? so well. So expect another series after this season ends of uh, the guy from Fucked Up uh, breaking into the trying to break into the wrestling industry and the, what it the takes. guy from Every Time I Die or no different guy no 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 Every Time that you think of the Gallows very similar look but no tattoos the guy from Fucked Up okay da- I think it's Dave Abraham I could be screwing up the first Damian Abraham okay. Uh, but he is a huge wrestling fan and has cool. done a lot of stuff on uh, Vice YouTube where he's also working on it. But now we're talking about Dark Side of Wrestling. Of course. Dark Side of Wrestling every week or so. I can't quite figure out the uh, timing of it. They tell a 45-minute 
cocktail of sadness in the wrestling industry. It is uh, very well done, very well produced. Uh, you rattled off all the episodes so far. It's done with um, using uh, dignitaries in wrestling and non-WWE people to discuss matters. But it's also done with something I hate but I don't mind it too much here, which is reenactments. The unsolved mystery style reenactments that they do with body doubles that you never see their faces. You just see them maneuver around dark rooms with no sets, reenacting what happens. Yeah, so the producers or directors of the show were on Reddit recently for an AMA, and they did say that they actually used local the local wrestling school talent for the wrestlers in there, yeah. which is very uh, interesting. It's not actors. It is so well done. The first episode on Bruder Brody was a great first episode because I think most young people, young, I mean my age, like and younger, don't really know the Bruiser Brody story. They know he's dead. They know there might have been some weird stuff going on. But most people were not aware that he was murdered in Mexico, and it may have been Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico, and it may have been a uh, a planned job hit by people who didn't like that he was winning things, and the police didn't realize that it was real because they're used to wrestling not being real. That was interesting. What what have you enjoyed so far? So. Quick sidebar, for those sure. listening at home or those watching on our Facebook Live and on YouTube, you know, we all know that wrestling is predetermined yeah. in the 2000s. In the 70s when this happened, the idea of wrestling being fake was, that's like the worst thing, the dirtiest thing you could say to a professional wrestler. You know, they kept it very close to the vest and they wanted people to believe that it was 100% real at all times. And because of that, as George was saying, in Puerto Rico, when it went down, they just thought it was an angle. They didn't think he actually, someone actually murdered and, Bruiser Brody. And to be fair, that's a running theme throughout all four episodes that have yes. played so far. It is the when wrestling crosses from from fake to reality. In the case of the uh, Macho Man Randy Savage and Elizabeth, which I think many people watching this show are familiar with. I mean, Macho Man and Elizabeth were su- the power couple yes. of professional wrestling. Well, they had a you know a horrible, sad ending where Macho Man, well, he died in a car accident. We, I think it might have been a heart attack or Dead whatnot. Heart attack, yeah. That's just sad, but obviously it's not a, a it's sad, but it's not a a shocking death. Elizabeth and I don't know how they don't go too much into the detail of it. It involved a third party, which was Lex Luger. She was doping up on, on pills and whatever else and alcohol. Oh no, they go into detail. The, they play the nine one one call. The, the two of the yeah, but what, what they don't say in there, which is it gets even darker. That story. She, they're both doing whatever they're doing. She ODs. He starts doing chest compressions, crushes her chest. Yeah. Because he doesn't know really what he's doing, and he might even who knows what he was on, yeah. and he just uh, in while doing CPR, uh, we don't know if what actually killed her in the end. Right. But he obviously didn't get in trouble for that other other than the copious amount of drugs found in the home. Lots but that's drugs. also a sad tale of Lex drugs Luger kids. in there as well. Yeah, the Montreal screw, screw job. Everyone here, if you are a wrestling fan and have not seen Wrestling with Shadows, do yourself a favor. Please go find it. That along with um with uh the dark with um what was the Beyond uh, the Mat Beyond the Mat are the two greatest and saddest documentaries about wrestling that you could see. Real sad. Uh, that is the this story isn't sad. It's basically Brett to him and Hart's ego is too big to allow him to lose this this championship to a person he didn't respect. And what Vince McMahon had to do to 
to get the belt off of him, including, you know, forcing a fake a fake finish to a fake match. Again, this is where the reality and the right. fake is so strange because it's it's, you know, okay, so this was a predetermined match, and then he went and 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 forced a fake finish. And this is so go ahead. Sorry, I'm babbling. For Bret Hart, he was in his hometown. And he was leaving the company. Like, he was leaving the company. So the setup for this is that Bret Hart was leaving the company, and he didn't want to lose the title in his hometown. But that was, like, his last night, and he had to lose the title. Otherwise, it was just going to leave to go to another company that the WWE was at war with. With the- They were just going to vacate the title. So they weren't going to do that. So in the last second, they flip his body around. They do a quick three count, and the match is over. That's the Montreal screw job in a nutshell. He goes nuts, beats up Vince McMahon. Yeah. Uh, it becomes a thing for like 20 years. Canada ha- continues to hate WWE for this until they all make nights. That 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 said, what impressed me about the episode, because everybody knows that story. Right. What impressed me about this was that there were actually new uh, stories within that I didn't know about. You get the writers who were around at the time who were right. writing this stuff, and you find out who knew, who was in on it, who wasn't. Very interesting you also get uh, what, some of the most funny stuff in this show, it, the Jim Cornette, Vince Russo hatred and Ooh. the amount of shit talking they talk yeah. to each other. Cut it with a knife. Uh, now, fin- finally, the, the Von Erichs, that's another story where, they, you know, it's a whole family of wrestlers who had their own federation down south in uh, Texas. And one by one, every single member of the family who was a wrestler involved in wrestling dies, either by suicide, OD, uh, just a lot of depression and sadness. I didn't love this episode as much because uh, most of this similar footage, similar interviews were used in the 30 for 30 yes. short that you should go find. ESPN does a great job with those. It's been done. So I kind of knew this story. Uh, people want to dig deeper into that. The WWE actually has buried, buried in their documentaries section, uh, the story of WCCW, which is actually the Von Erich story. Yes. And it's about two hours long and it goes deep on it. The only problem is that's done with a lot of like late 90s production. There's music over every interview. It's it's kind of painful, but the, the interviews are, are, are great. Very sad story. I love this. I love the production. I love the interviews they've got here. They've got everyone that you need to get that's not in the WWE. Yes. And it, it's a tremendous uh, series. I think it's very done. I can't wait to see where they go with this. What are your thoughts, Hambone? So my thoughts, I was excited for the Bruiser Brody episode because I've been listening to uh, something that wrestled with Bruce Pritchard now from the beginning. And most of the stories that you hear presented in the Vice, and some of them come from Pritchard's mouth, I've heard already. Like, I've heard a lot of this already. Uh, what I like about the series is that they bring in some unique voices like Abdullah the Butcher. They bring in, you know, yes. they bring in Jim Cornette. They bring in other people like the writers who were involved in the Montreal Screwjob, which from what I've read about that episode, it's funny because back in the day, no one wanted to take credit for the Montreal Screwjob. Now, 2019, everybody's trying to take credit for the Montreal Screwjob. So I think that's a very... Very cool, interesting way to look at it. I'm enjoying it because I'm a wrestling fan. I think people who are not wrestling fans, if you like true crime or if you like those weird, there's always some kind of mystery going on because it's made uh, from the perspective of back in the day when they try to keep everything a mystery. It's definitely a fun watch. And at 45 minutes an episode, is something you could easily just kind of binge or just kind of watch when you want to. And so they're waiting to find out they're going to get renewed for season two. I think there may be one or two episodes still left. Yes. I don't know what they are, but I, I can't wait. I know this season they're not doing uh, Chris Benoit. 
Obviously, oh, that is something. Um, oh. There are two more episodes left, and that will be The Mysterious Death of G- of Gorgeous Gino. I know nothing about this. this is the 86 area Gino Hernandez. No clue. Drug-related murder. And then episode six, Fabulous Moolah. That's going to be the one to watch. Yeah, that one's going to be great. And again, they said there's some definitely some stories that they need a second season for. Obviously, it takes a lot to make these. So, Well, because, look, let's be realistic here. Also, if you're a fan of this kind of stuff, there's certain things that WWE is not going to touch with a 10-foot pole, like the Fabulous Moolah, like the Chris Benoit murders. Like, there's certain things where if you want to hear about it, you're not going to hear about it in the traditional channel. So this stuff works out pretty cool. Yeah, so check it out, Viceland. You can get out in the app. You can see on Fios. It might be on other cable networks as well. Uh, check it out. So last week, uh, New Bad Religion, Age of Unreason dropped. How crazy is that? It's been a while since True North came out, and I was very curious to see what this was. I've been following them while they've been making it. They've been very public on Instagram as they've been laying down the tracks for this. That's how you get people to watch anything now. And uh, really, I mean, obviously, Bad Religion is my favorite band ever, favorite band in the world. Really excited to see this and um, hear this, and it just dropped. Uh, this sometime during the I don't even know how records come out. I don't know how records come out anymore. Used to be every Tuesday. I'm gonna murder this motherfucker for texting me over and over again. Hold on, let me just put "Do not disturb." Exactly. Goodbye, do Eric not disturb Wilkins. About. Stop texting me about watches. Well, he probably called you out. Oh yeah. So uh, May yeah. May third, uh, albums used to come out on Tuesday. Tuesday was the day albums dropped, yeah, unless Sam it was Goody. a very specific, very special occurrence. You could count on a new album every Tuesday. Yeah, I know the uh, it dropped on on digital downloads. I, I believe my vinyl on Amazon's delayed for a couple weeks. I think yeah. that might be when it's dropping. I'm excited excited for it. This is the fir- first of all the seventeenth album. Yes, it's their first album with uh, guitarist. Uh, Bite, I'm gonna screw this up. Bite, Mike Dimkick, Dimkitch. I don't know. Uh, he is, I believe, the other guy from the cult. And wait, 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 they got the guy from the cult, but the other guy from the cult. Really? So not the uh, fam- not uh, not Billy Duffy. Yeah, the, the other, other one, the other one. Huh. Uh, and they got uh, Jamie Miller, who I don't know much about him. He's on drums, obviously. Big loss losing Brooks Wackerman. Yeah, but I mean, uh, Brooks yeah. is a higher guy at this is, point. He's a he's a he's a he's a mercenary. Well, no, I believe he is uh, in Event Sevenfold full time. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't think Good he's a. Him. And he was there for since they left Atlantic. They were he was on quite a few Bad Religion albums. So nice. He, I think you're only thinking he's a higher gun for Tenacious D. Yeah, he is for the D. That's what it is. Uh, much like uh, Jay Bentley fills in on bass for Fat Mike on me first in the Gimme Gimmies. Yeah, Th- though not really the same thing, but kind of sort of the same thing. I mean, I guess it's like parallel universes. Some rhythm section. Yeah, Keep it tight. I, I the first track they released was. Uh, the the kids are alt right, which what? That's a great title. That's a great title a for great, a song. It's a great Ugh. title. I just found the song <laughs> when I first heard it. I'm like, this is way too nail on the head. Even though you know, I completely agree with the with, you know the subject matter they're making fun of. I just was like, ah, I hope they don't all sound like this. It doesn't. This is definitely uh, more in the traditional vein of the last few five or six Bad Religion albums where it's mixing a lot of different styles and sounds rather than doing a pure punk album like they did on True North, which while an enjoyable album, I I find Bad Religion a little repetitive when they just stick to the punk rock sound. This is a lot more varied. 
Allison said best. We listened to it over and over while we're going to Alamo to see Avengers. Excellent. We listened to it about three times in the hour and a half to get to Brooklyn. And she's like, this is like Bad Religion's got their groove back. Like literally, this is the grooviest Bad Religion album we've heard in a while. Like catchy. It's really good. Like some songs are legitimately catchy. Uh, the kids are all right, by the way. The secret track on the CD. Who does secret tracks on CD? They also have another CD only track. What the fuck? It better be on the vinyl version. I'd be very upset. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, you don't give something for the CD. Like, physical media gets extra stuff. Well, time about Who makes CDs anymore in 2019? Uh, Bad Religion clearly does. But I find that that generation, the, the, old. Like, the old Gen Xers, like yeah. the first wave Gen Xers, the Eddie Trump era people, yeah. are still obsessed with CDs. Yeah. Like, they can't give the CD up. I I've, I've given it, I gave the CD up many, many years many ago. Many moons ago. Ripped them all, called it a day. I want to I say it was like 2009 I gave up on CDs. I mean, I collect vinyl because at least it's a collectible item. Yeah, sell me a t-shirt, Bands. I want to wear your t-shirt. I'm not buying your damn CD. So what are your thoughts? It's great. I think it's, it's refreshing to see a band like Bad Religion not trying to reinvent themselves and kind of staying true to all versions of their sound. Throughout their career, because you know they definitely had moments where they were a little more rock and roll in the later years and stuff that was like just straight up like speed punk. And this is kind of a nice marriage between the different styles that they have. Greg Graffin's trying to sing again. I, I that's the thing that shocks me the most yes. is that he's not just kind of like barking and talking his way through shit. It's just funnier because it's funny because usually bands will will move away from especially the singers as they get older. Yes, will you know they're singing less or worse. Yeah, in his case, like oh, he's actually trying to sing. Properly at age fifty four. <laughs> well, because he didn't do it before, so it's like on the back nine. He's just going maybe, for it. maybe it's like he's That's just cool. built it all up. There's definitely yeah. a lot more singing on this album. Uh, again, very accessible. My favorite songs on it are "End of History" and "Chaos from Within." Nice, both very catchy hooks. Really good uh, tunes. The album's very cohesive. It's a decent length, and um, I don't know. Probably my favorite Bad Religion album in the, maybe the last three or four records. Uh, the fact that they're putting still putting out quality material after like seventeen albums later, it's great. And it's crazy because you look at bands like The Descendants. Yes. And look, they they tried. They released that last album, which was what it was. I, I didn't love Cool to Be You either before that. They, they they definitely are. You know, they they almost like well, look, if we're gonna tour, we gotta do. They, we gotta put out albums. You know, I don't think that's the case anymore and for I, a band like that. And I agree with you on that. There is certain cases like, say, social distortion. Maybe should not. Ma- maybe you should just keep doing what you do and make a living off the greatest hit stuff here. That that's a band that after White Light, White Heat, White Trash should have just said no more albums. And and uh, it, it, it's t- and I don't want to say that because I realize that them as artists, we shouldn't be trying to contain them. But there is a point sometimes where, especially bands like The Descendants, who largely play major shows and festivals in New York and L.A., that yeah. you could really just make a lot of money doing what you do best. Here's the thing, man. There's a lot of Descendants stuff that doesn't really age well, right? And they're not the band that I look to as, oh, they've gotten more wise with age, because that's really kind of not the case. However, they got a bunch of bangers, and they have enough bangers between The Descendants and between all, that if they only just, you know, after the, the album that they came out with, I think in the early out of the 2000s was like, everything sucks. They were running hot. Good record. You know. That was it. That was it. They should have stopped then, and then every tour after that should just be, they could actually have a different set list every single night playing different songs from The Descendants and all, and everyone goes home happy. Yeah. And it looked for some bands. Look at X. 
X has made a career for two decades now doing that. They stopped. I'm right. New they music. haven't released an album no. since. I know they keep talking about it. They've been in the studio they forever. They've released one since Jesus. Possibly. I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. And I mean, they might have singles that they might have put out. Yeah. But in general, they're doing or it. Or the errant Christmas album. I'm fine with the Christmas album. But look. You get one. There is this great. Uh, and it, look, it's funny. I mean, Bad Religion. There is this great interview with uh, lead singer Greg Graffin in the Along the Way documentary, which yeah. came out like right around Suffer, maybe a little before Suffer. So it would have been like 88, 87. Yeah. And he talks about how he would rather die than be that old fossil on stage playing the music he plays. If, if I can find that, I'll probably in, in, in interject it right in this well, spot. Well, thankfully, he's still writing good songs then. But now he sadly, like the rest of the band have gone to cycling. They all look fantastic. They're all in their leather jacket. Like those guys have aged so well. Yeah. And Greg Graffin is currently looks like like he looks like a grandfather. Some people like carbs, George. Have you seen some people like did carbs? You see, no, no, what do you mean carbs? You're making him sound like he's fat. He's, he's not compared to the cyclist. He's a little. Uh, well, no, I, I meant more the, like I the, the fat. I meant more that he had like. No, no, I'm not shaming you. I'm just saying. Yeah, you're being a little weird. There's, he's, no, oh, there's a difference. Have you seen the photo of Greg Graffin with Mike with uh, Fat Mike? that was published yesterday well i mean that's not fair it's uh it, it, it's absolutely hilarious. it's become a meme where it's like son you really should try to grow up one of these days and get a job and it's but dad <laughs> and uh it's just the two of them talking i will find that for you at some point i look bad religion seems to be able to do it they can still put out an album over three years and i they don't need to but their stuff's still good they still play varied set bands like rancid i don't know i don't know that's not a band should have stopped I don't know if they should have stopped. They're making their tours and their shows are good enough. No, no, no. Stop putting out new putting material. Out albums. Yeah. That's it. No, that's my thing. Don't don't ever stop touring. Keep on touring. But there's a point when maybe you feel like you have nothing to say, then you don't. You might not. You Do might you not. think that part of the reason why Bad Religion has such longevity is that every, for the last, I'd say, easily 10 years, they get some new members breathing new life in the band, new drummers, a new guitar player, different people playing with them, kind of helping them bridge the gap between what they are and what they are now. I think that could be it. I think it's also the fact that their 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 writers, their two main writers, Mr. Brett and Greg Graffin, are actually great writers. Yes. Like I think they're always find inspiration, always find a way to write new music. And also it helps that your guitar player, Mr. Brett, is one of the greatest producers and punk rock like yeah, the, one of the biggest, most important product producers of our time. He's the guy. And I just think that you can, you know, keep doing that for as long as you need to do that if you have that much talent. And that's something that I don't think exists in every single, you know, every single band. Yeah. Uh, this, by the way, being the uh, the the meme that, and just so you know, your 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 fat shaming was not justified. Uh, compared to the rest of his band, yes, but compared to Fat Nike, no. And listen, I'm a fat guy too, so game recognizes game. That's this pretty is funny. Amazing meme. Uh, that was that would be my Google Home, which by the way is now my doorbell. So uh, I apologize <laughs> if he. I believe that is my uh, eggplant parmesan because I have not eaten yet. Apologize for him going up. We do now have a Google Home in the basement Fantastic. in case you ever need to ask them. Okay. Like, like okay, Google, how old is Greg Graffin? Greg Graffin is fifty-four years old. There you go. Wow. I called it. Wow. So I highly recommend this album. Check it yeah. out. It's on every streaming service. Buy the vinyl. You might need to buy the CD if you want the extra yeah, track. Though. I don't know what to tell you with that. I think that's a little strange. Uh. So 
We are moving into the second half of this show, also yep. known as spoiler. All belt. the spo- full metal spoilers is what I'm calling it. I like it. Uh, I did not. Hambone was so wanting to talk about Avengers. I'm like, guys, it hasn't been long enough. We need to give it a little, long, a little more time. And he goes, no. The embargo for spoilers lifts today. I go, what is this bullshit embargo for spoilers? I don't understand what you're talking about. I think we should give it a little more time to let Avengers marinate. And then I go on Twitter, and it looks like there was a legitimate embargo for spoilers set by God knows who. The Russos. The the Russos. And it has lifted. So we are going to continue the rest of the show discussing the Avengers in detail and game and spoilers, our favorite things about the movie. And we are then going to talk about Game of Thrones episode four uh i don't know how to tell you to skip over if you want to skip over you figure it out maybe i'll like i don't know make a big noise or something but regardless uh spoilers are happening now spoiler alert spoiler alert eventually hambone will write me some music so we can actually have a spoiler alert and maybe actually have a handbone will watch everything jingle like he swore he would do in january december it's on the list uh but we uh are now going to spoil stuff we're going to spoil the shit out of Avengers Endgame. How many times have you seen it so far? Twice. Twice. I finally got out to Alamo. An hour and a half and an hour and a half both ways. It is worth every cent to go into Brooklyn. Yeah. To Alamo. To go to that Alamo in particular. Because there is just so... It is just such a wonderful experience. Especially for a movie where you're going to sit and you're going to enjoy a good meal. I, I can't say enough. When you walk... So the Alamo in Brooklyn is in a mall. The first time I went there, the mall wasn't even built yet. It was the only thing in there was Alamo, but now it's built around Target. It's got a lot of uh, high-end millennial stores like Un- Untuck It and and Joybird. I don't know these stores. I don't shop there clearly. But um, I'm old. So Alamo's on the on the, in the penthouse, and it is cool because it's like a museum of posters. When you go and they have a store downstairs with a bar with all kind of weird like shrunken heads and stuff. It's nice. It's kind of like Tiki and Jace, and they have all the mugs and the toys from Mondo. It's it's a really really nice. I know they're trying to do that, the other one, but they don't quite have it set up yet. Uh, you go upstairs, you go into your movie theater. I did not get the cool preview where they give the history of the movies. Oh, really? Uh, we got there pretty late. We had to find parking. Well, yeah, it, it did take you a long time to get there. Uh, we got there. Luckily, we got there around time for the previews, and I saw the movie. We had, I'm just going to, I got to lay the scene out. Uh, we had uh, fried pickles. The fried pickles are dope. I had a six cheese grilled cheese what? with like with caramelized onions and, and tomato. And I finished Allison had a Allison had the uh, Beyond Burger. Nice. Which by the way, my Beyond Burger stock is through the roof oh, right yeah. now. Oh yeah. Uh and then we topped it off with uh, I, I she had a, a cocktail of some sorts. I had their they have this delectable um, sodas, these these local sodas that are all like clear, so you know you're not getting any weird ingredients. But I right. had the black cherry and the mango, very good. And then we topped it off with a uh, warm homemade peanut butter and banana cookies. That sounds amazing. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like stupid hungry. Yeah, I know. It was like it was like sixty five bucks. But you see, it's worth it when the food is good. Yeah, you give me a good food, you give me a good experience. I will drive that far out of my way, pay the ten bucks for parking. Which, by the way, if you go a little further out, you can find ten buck weekend parking and have such a great meal. Avengers Endgame was phenomenal. Fucking a right. Everything you said about it stands true. It's the greatest superhero story ever I know, told. a good reviewer. This along with Infinity War together, taken as a five hour masterpiece, is the greatest superhero story ever told. Oh yeah. I, I cried when Iron Man died. Oh shut up dude. I was full on 
I, you know, I was ugly crying. I, I have cried very crying. few times. I didn't ugly cry. I was fighting back tears. It was one of the most, I was not expecting it. It was one of the most emotional things I've ever seen. I had not even heard any rumors that he was leaving the show. Yeah. Uh, I, I did not know anything. I, I know Chris Helmsworth, uh, Thor, had said he has no interest in leaving. He can keep doing this for as long as he wants. Right. Chris Evans was the one who was vocally saying he's done with it. So I was expecting certain things. Iron Man dying, not one of them. Nope. Uh, I love, 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 love that in the fir- flipping the script, first 15 minutes, you kill Thor. Thor, You kill Thanos. Yeah. Kill Thanos in the first. Thor kills Thanos. Yeah. Head off. Boom. Done. Then he's got PTSD for the next three hours. Oh, dude. Like PTSD in the most spectacular manner. He becomes Thor Lebowski. I found funny, not a big, big Lebowski fan, but I found that incredible. I love Thor dad bod. Yes. For years, we have been shamed by our women for not being as beautiful as Chris Helmsworth, for not having bodies like Chris Helmsworth. I can now say that I have a body as good as Chris Hemsworth. You do. Actually, better. I am so impressed with his fatness. You have a better body than Chris Hemsworth. I am so proud of what he did. The level of weight he gained for this role <laughs> was incredible. It was obviously of the level oh. of, of of the other guy, of the guy from uh, from Batman. Um, Christian Bale. Chris, the other Christian, Chris. Yes. Yep. I am. I was. I loved it. I love... Um, I, I, all right, so, so, what was your favorite thing about it that you want to talk about that you can talk about? What was what 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 surprised you? Uh, there was a lot of things that surprised me in the movie. I definitely, you know, first time I saw it was like when they go and they gank Thanos in the first like ten minutes. I was like, whoa. Okay, so now I knew at that point it's got to be a time travel story because otherwise, how are you going to make this happen? You just kill Thanos, and then. You know, as everything starts unrolling, because this movie is also very much a we're getting the band back together movie. And you see where everyone is now because it takes place five years later. So, you know, for me, I love Thor. And like when you get to New Asgard and you get Thor and he's just like yelling at people over PlayStation Network for Fortnite, like drinking beers and opening them up with Stormbringer. Like he just has no interest in being a hero anymore. He's done. And the way that they took every possible step to interweave the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe into this movie and do it in a way where it wasn't ham-fisted or heavy-handed. It was very much done with, like, grace and, like, an appreciation for the the artwork of filmmaking and as well as an appreciation to the fans. Like, I was pretty, pretty stoked on that. I think that he was kind of my favorite part of the movie because it was something that it lightened the tone just enough that you're kind of it puts you off guard because you go in there thinking I'm going to be like upset by things I see in here you I mean look you go into the movie with a lot of preconceived notions because when you are a fan of these movies and you spend the years leading up to the movie fantasy booking what's going to happen in this movie you need to be kind of put off your guard a little bit and I think he was the perfect thing to kind of get you to kind of just chill out a little bit so when Iron Man finally Black Panther or any of the guys that died in the last movie I'm sorry cuz they're really not in this movie until the very end. Yeah. I mean they really uh 
you, like, you know, at least they're dead for this movie. So, uh, again, if you're a Fairweather fan and you're actually listening to this review, you know that, uh, you're, yeah, I felt bad for some of the people when they were clearly there for Black Panther. Oh, yeah, and Captain Marvel, too. Like. Yeah, yeah. And I, and that's a, I have very few nitpick complaints. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, things that I loved was the full explanation of the Back to the Future. Oh, um, uh, yes. scenario because even afterwards when we left Allison was like I understand why they couldn't just go back in time and kill Thanos or just do that why did they and I'm like they explain it she they explain it very clearly no she never went to the bathroom neither did I I'm like you cannot change your current future no matter what you do you just create a new sidebar future you create that's how alternate realities get created yeah. parallel universes get created you don't change your course you just create another course it's like branches to a tree great way to explain it in this case they go back in time to collect the infinity stones before thanos gets them come back in time come forward in time to change the events to bring back the people who have died by snapping their finger again and then returning the gems back to where they belong beforehand so that those those timelines still continue the way they were meant to be yeah even though um, I have a feeling a few things may have caused them to go out of whack. Regardless, I thought that was very well done. You got to admit it. You got to say, George, you were right, Hambone. You got to say it. Whoa, did they go with the leftovers, like, storyline. Oh, you were right. I was so right. Wait, I, wait, wait. I, George, yeah. you were right. And I, I I was, and honestly, like, even Allison turned to me, he goes, they really are going the leftovers. When they did the five years later and they showed the support group, <sighs> yeah. I was like, oh, this is, like, real deal leftovers. There, yeah. They pulled, and it makes sense. It makes sense to... To especially again, the leftovers they lost like three percent of the population. Yeah. In that case, they fifty percent. Yeah. I I think it should have been even more a post apocalyptic. Now they try to explain why isn't it isn't more post apocalyptic by saying that the Avengers and Supers are out there trying to keep the world from falling apart. Yes. But you know they 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 do rationalize how Thanos was wrong because you can't make the world better just by you know there's still going to be fear and apprehension and 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 struggle when you kill 50% of the population there have been articles been written about why this won't work because of the amount of uh endangered creatures that would die because yes. of this so you know thanos it's not going to work. A little short-sighted there, Thanos. Yeah, a little short-sighted. But then again, th- this movie is is done so well in so many other regards. Uh, things that freaked me out. Yes. Uh, uh, the Mark Ruffalo Incredible Hulk. Oh, you don't like... Uh, the face. Smart the Hulk? The face it was freaking me out. A little weird. I literally, so We watched Infinity War the week before, and I told Allison, the only the way the thing they can go from here is go to the hybrid Hulk. The, I don't know if it was Doc Samson was his name, but the Hulk that talked. Yeah, well, there's there's definitely variations of the Hulk. There is a smart Hulk. There's a smart Hulk. Uh, I want to say the gray the early Hulk. 90s. The gray Hulk too. No, 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 well, there's a gray Hulk, but then there was an actual like smart scientist Hulk, and I want to say the early mid 90s. Yeah, and that's what this was. But also, Gray Hulk, I think, was talking Hulk all the time. Talking Hulk. He was. He was a whole dick. He was uh, Joe Fixit. He was a Vegas enforcer. He was a bouncer at a strip club. I mean. I can't, I can't make this stuff up, folks. I couldn't unsee Mark Ruffalo's face in the Hulk. I know. It was uh, so weird. But in that regard, I also thought that this was one of the greatest versions of the Hulk ever in that he never, you never felt like there was CG. No. They finally hit that point where you at no point are pondering, was that Mark... <laughs> Excuse me. Is that Mark Ruffalo's face, like just like superimposed? Like you yeah. just don't feel like he is, uh, you know, anything but the Hulk. It I is, mean, you look like he's been on a lot of muscle milk doing two days with Strowman. Like 
so well done. So well done. And uh, I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, the, the slight criticisms I had uh, were, again, the women on this. Sh- the, the women got screwed in this movie. Uh, I mean, Black Widow got Chinaed full on. Nobody even thought about her towards the end when she, I mean, it just was like, she's gone and it was kind of an afterthought and I, I, whatever. But when she died, then there was no key. There was no key female character until the very end. Captain Marvel not being in the whole thing because well, she's. Well, no, Nebula. Nebula, but Nebula. Nebula had a, for a, like, C-list okay, character, but when you're, a huge role. Okay, but you're talking about one C-list character. Right. In general, there was not a very good presence about right. women. But to cover their ass, at the very end, they do this horrible groan-induced. I think the entire movie theater quietly groaned, <laughs> where they have to show all the women uniting at one force to show strong women at the end. And I'm like, why couldn't you have just had like more women like in the rest of the movie yeah. to show how strong women could be? Really, you couldn't have worked Captain Marvel in better? Oh, yeah. she's out making sure. They basically did what they did to explain Thor in all the other standalone movies. Where's Thor? He's off planet helping save the world. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, in fairness, it only took them like 21 movies to make like a standalone we female movie. We so. all thought yeah. Captain Marvel was <laughs> a little late to the game. We all thought Captain Marvel was going to be able to wield the freaking fist and said she like just couldn't quite get it, but Tony Stark did. Like it just if you just stand back and look at it, it is kind of especially in this day and age, you could have done a slight yeah. better job doing that. She should have we all thought she was the one who was going to be the one who I thought she was in a silver surfer right off of Thanos. Uh and then she would have survived too. Because she's like super cosmic. It, it is what it is. Again, slight the tiniest nitpicks. The other one is, you know, clearly they're setting up for the Falcon to be the new Captain America, but everything, all signs were pointing towards Bucky. I'm no, not... no, no. From Winter Soldier, all signs were pointing to uh, Falcon. But do you want Falcon as Captain America? Yes, I do. I don't want Falcon as Captain America. Bucky is great as Bucky. He is the Winter Soldier. He is a not good guy, per se. You know what I mean? He's a good guy. He's misunderstood. Again, tiny things. Uh, the end sequence with Captain America decided to just enjoy his life, though he probably just screwed up a million timelines. Uh, alternate worlds have probably been <laughs> fucked because of him now. He lived his life as an old man, and now he's an old man. I like that Captain America didn't die at the end. He yeah. just retired. And I think that's great. But he didn't like Ric Flair retire. He fully retired. Fully retired. It was very nice. It wasn't something I was ex- – oh, I was expecting it, just not in that way. The way they did it was different. Can I tell you the, the moment when everyone in my theater, like, popped Avengers Assemble? When we yes. finally, after 22 movies, got Avengers Assemble out of Captain America and, like – so good, so good. Uh, good. I can't wait to own it again. One of the best, best storylines ever. One of the most well done superhero movies. Uh, I can't wait to see how they work the X Men into this universe. Well, I think that's how they started which, explaining the different universes. Which multiverse. no, I don't think that's going to do it. I was actually hoping at the very end, Scarlet Witch was going to do a lot of voodoo, and it was going to end with like enough. Shit has been changed in the universe, or once the snap, errant snap led to the creation of the first mutant. Yeah, I was hoping they'd go that route. I don't think they're going to do alternate universe with the X Men. Now, what they do once they have the X Men, who knows what they're going to go with time travel. I don't want to see much more trend. I was actually hoping the machine would be destroyed at the end because I'm just over time travel. Yeah, and they were kind of hesitant about it too, which I enjoyed. I really enjoyed, and again, this had to do. Very much like the leftovers. There were some people in the leftovers who lost everybody, like Hawkeye. Right. There were some people in the leftovers who lost no one and gained people afterwards, 
like Iron Man. Yeah. And seeing the dynamics, some people didn't want to change the world because they didn't want to lose what they have, which is why they couldn't just go back and kill Thanos because they might not have what they have today. And that was very poignant. I thought they very did a very well, good job subtly explaining why an Iron Man wouldn't want to go back and change time. Yeah, the Rooster Brothers actually came out today. There was a, a girl who filmed a scene as an adult, Tony Stark's uh, daughter, where like when Tony went to the, the realm that Thanos went when he met young Gamora after he killed Gamora to get the soul gem, like Tony was going to end up there and like know that everything was okay and be able to kind of just go. They was like, we decided to nix that from the movie. Because we already have too much shit in this movie. We've already overloaded this movie with shit. There really should have been something that explains why, basically, they sent Hawkeye and, and Black Widow to be sacrificial lambs. Because yeah. if you knew you were going, most people should have known. Well, what was. I mean, there were people that would have known what was going to happen at the Soul Gem area. Like, they kind of got fucked. They did get fucked. I know. I mean, I completely understand Like in the story why it was Black Widow and Hawkeye. Yes. And fully. And I just sit there like... Did Nebula not tell them what happened? Exactly. Like, okay, so the second, second time I saw it, I was like, I was sitting there, and I'm like, she's telling them where this thing is. Maybe that's a detail you don't want to leave out. Yeah, yeah. I thought the same thing. Again, minor grievance. That yeah. was a little bit, and that's, uh, I'm not the only one who thought that one, too. Move. That was a very dick move. <laughs> you know what that is? That's, that's Pran being like, you're you're a good man. Theon Greyjoy. <laughs> go, 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 go ahead and take out the. Just just do it right now. You don't have to wait 30 seconds. Go. I agree. So a uh, quick sidebar. Disney uh, rejected all. <laughs> Disney pretty much has just been laying the axe down on the on the on the on the Fox stuff now. Oh yeah. Have you been paying attention? Oh, it, it's it's Disney's version of the Red Wedding. Gambit just got shit canned. Yep. New Mutants got pushed till November of next year. Never coming out. I think it's only because it's already in the can. Like I think they're gonna. I bet you it's not coming out or. I- Straight to video. Avatar got pushed out again, like two years, and they did just announce that Star Wars and Avatar are going to run uh, parallel every, uh, other year. every other year. So you get an Avatar movie and a Star Wars movie on Christmas every other year for th- six years. <sighs> I hate Avatar. So I don't even know I what I, Avatar's guts. Yeah, I can't even think about that. So right now we're going to transition to Game of Thrones. More spoilers. More spoilers. Uh, in this case, I have feels. I have feels. I got to tell you, this was the worst episode of the entire season. Season. It really One was. One of the worst episodes ever. I have hated it. Personified everything I've been saying about how much things have twisted towards the shitty since they left the books as the source material. And not because of the writing, but because of the fucking pace that they seem to need to be on. We absolutely do not want to overwrite this. It has to be 13 episodes, the directors said when they said it has to be 13 episodes. Fuck that. I'm sorry. You guys are not letting this breathe at all. It's being rushed, and it's now showing. The cracks are now showing. I don't think it's just me complaining anymore. And it's not just the Starbucks cup you left in that scene. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's too funny. Maybe they're just using that so people don't pay attention to the bullshit. I mean, the writing is rushed. The characters are doing uncharacteristically stupid things. They're making people look dumb, and I feel they're doing it because they're, they're moving towards quintessential tropes. Uh, in in TV to get this done and over with, and I do not like it at all. Yeah, I mean, they, they, I th- I think there was a lot of things wrong with it. I think they, it's funny because they they've taken a lot of the female characters on the show who are very like we're strong, we're like we we can get the job done, and just kind of the way they speed it up, it makes them look like they're just all kind of bitchy and like desperate and like very. 
you know, you've built them up to be like, okay, we are going to get ready to lead armies and be queens and do this stuff, but then you just kind of revert them back to like... Well, that was the number two dumbest thing I felt on this episode. Why are we resorting to women being petty and catty? Yes. I mean, come on. Talk about tropes. Like, oh, we're going to have all the girls be like bitchy to each other. Yeah, it's fucking like, terrible. really? She's your fucking queen. Yeah. You respect her. And seriously, let's make Danny just fucking dumb. I cannot believe that stupid sequence. Like, your, bat, your army, they show you in the first scene... Thousands of dead being burned. Your army has been eviscerated. You have, you are weak. People are sick. They are tired. And you're like, ah, fuck that. I'm gonna go. I can't wait to take the throne. You took years and seasons. Danny, Daenerys, Targaryen, Stormbringer of light and dragons and mothers of shit. Drinker you of pumpkin spent spice. years freeing slaves and wasting time building your army for seasons and years. You can't wait a fucking season. To freaking build your army back up to yeah. do a battle properly, you're gonna fly over there with a fucking your 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 finally you have your ships rebuilt. You're gonna go there to just oh wrong turn oh my dragon's dead, one's dead. The other one you can seem to manage to dodge and avoid every single one of the 100 fucking pokers shot yeah. at you. It was just dumb. It was yeah. like I have never felt stupid watching Game of Thrones until now. I felt it slowly creeping last season when they started rushing, but this episode was horrible. Well, I 100% agree with you cuz you know, I know we kind of butted heads about the thing last this the same thing last year where last season where it was like, well, I was like, listen, man, they, you know, you're like everything's like kind of fast traveling. I was like, well, you know, they kind of have to do that because look, they, they, we got to wrap this up. I get it. Now I'm going to walk that statement back. That was a dumb idea. They should have just stuck to their ground and be like, we need to do more episodes because holy shit. HBO should have fought them back. HBO should have fought them back. Because it was the directors who said, the two writers who said, we need to do, we can do this in 13. And I, I can't wait for the story to finally be told about this because I really feel it was either a budgetary bullshit or, or actors were going to fucking go leave and go do movies. I don't know the rationale. They swore that if they had done it in more than 13 episodes, it would have been wasted time and filler. No, and I do not, not believe that. Absolutely not. Because you know what? You're 100% right with this. Yeah. When the fuck, after everything that Daenerys has been through, after everything that she's done to get to this point, she's going to be like, okay, cool. Uh, battle's over. Let's uh, get whatever you know jobbers we have left and then go march on the castle. That's stupid. That is dumb. Tyrion, like, Ah, it's so fucking dumb. And then it's just like, okay, my dragon just got killed. Well, we need to go negotiate the release. So I'm going to go stand there. Number in front one of the on the dumbest fucking shit. Look, I get that they've done this in the past. I get that the bastards did this at the Battle of the Bastards where yeah. they had two men up in the field. But fucking Jon Snow had a fucking army behind him. A like massive a legit army. army. They've done this a few times where yeah. they have that power up for it. But there are. Two armies in the field. She shows up with the fucking job squad and Tyrion Lannister. They go up there like, <laughs> oh, look at this. Cersei, who is known. She fucking, they led, they did the fucking Red Wedding. They don't fight fair. It's known they don't fight fair. Yeah. So they so for, they go because uh, the Unsullied guy's girlfriend. Uh, so oh, oh, my God. One person car got, got fucking which captured. Which is Daenerys' his, like, best friend. Like, Falls off a boat, and then, you know, but this is how fast it goes. She falls off the boat. They can't find her in the water. The next thing you know, they're standing there in front of the thing trying to negotiate her release. And then, seriously, wildly uncharacteristic, you have all these big guns. You know your boy just 
killed a dragon with these guns. You've got them all pointed at a dragon that's sitting right there. You've got all of your enemies, including the bitch you want to kill, right there. Just like, kill them. Just kill them. Just kill them. Just kill them. And you know what? I would have been fine with it. If that was, if that's how it. They happened, deserve it. Then they deserve and, and, it. And, and fucking Masandra. First of all, how how would Cersei and them even know that's her best friend? I'd be like, oh, random slave. Like seriously. Like why would they give a shit? Why did they only capture one person? What the, what the fuck, Hambone? I don't know. They better fix it up in the next episode because I just like I got done watching it last night. And I'm like, wow. So you just like took all. And then also the thing with the with Sansa, you know, the whole they they very they're very shitty about the way that they they write about sexual assault and things that happen of that nature on Game of Thrones and use it as a shitty plot device instead of like actually building characters and telling stories. So, like, you know, by this point, you're so into Game of Thrones, you're trying to forget a bunch of stuff that happened beforehand, and the whole little bird thing that went on was just really, really poor writing, really lazy, fucking terrible, like, terrible way to make your women look on this show. You just made everyone who was, like, so strong, like, an episode ago, look completely, like, weak and catty and bitchy and, like, shitty motivations, and it was garbage. It was garbage, and the last time I felt this shitty about this show was the uh, horrible uh, the, the the and it wasn't even horrible because I'd read in the book and it was in the book, but the the perceived or, or real rape scene between Cersei and Jamie right. on, on I think her with one of their kids' uh, funerals. I don't remember when it was, but she, Jamie rapes her on the casket of one of his kids. Yeah, which happens in the book consensually. I don't know why they had to make it a rape on the TV yes, show. They do the but show. that was one scene that was Garbage. horrible. This yeah. was a whole hour and twenty minute episode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only good thing about it, I could say, was the Tyrion. Anything between Tyrion and Viserys uh, was was at least the acting was well done. The, the the one thing I could say though is, man, Jon Snow just knows how to stay fully on brand, dumb as rocks. Oh, you know nothing, Jon Snow. You know? At this point, I don't care about anybody getting the Iron Throne. Fucking Cersei yeah. can just murder all of you. Yeah. it's The best is the, the meme that I saw that I liked was it was a, a meme that was a, uh, you know, a picture of Ned Stark. He's like, kept this kept this secret for like 27 years. You know? And there was a picture of Sansa. Can't keep it for more than 27 minutes. Like So bad. Oh. So bad. There were so many things wrong with this episode. And I don't know if whether... And I don't know if having more time to write it out would have made this this plot line any better. I think, in all honesty, it's not even the pacing in this case. It's just shitty writing. It's shitty writing, and because of the pacing, you notice the shitty writing more. Because when there's shitty writing, and there often is shitty writing in a lot of different things. However, when you are able to be distracted long enough and you're able to kind of focus on other things, you're not focusing so much. It's like, you know, what the left hand's doing with the right hand's action you're able to kind of like look past it. But then when it's just like so on display and like, you know, you're like, shit, here we are. Now, I mean, I was like, oh my God, I, in those moments, I'm like, I can't believe they killed Melisande. And I'm like, this is, then I'm like, oh, but why didn't they just fucking fire the, the arrows? The, the dragon was right there, man. Like, I mean, you see someone get beheaded. It kind of takes a second for it to catch up to you. The, the dragon was right there, man. You could just end it all right now. I am, and you thought when she said Dracarys, I thought the fucking dragon was going to light them up. I mean, that's what happens when you say Dracarys. That's the word of the day. Instead of screaming, you get hellfire. I don't know what was worse, this or last night's Raw, but I'm not going to go into that tonight. I, I just I, I tapped out on Raw. Raw's on a timeout for me. Uh, just watch the uh, Kofi Kingston, Daniel Bryan. Just watch the best thing on Raw being a SmackDown main event. 
You know what? You know yeah. what I think they should do on Game of Thrones next week? I think they should do a wild card and just have three random three dead random. people come yeah, back and sure. just hang Fuck out. It. Why not? I have nothing left. Yeah. I, Game of Thrones, Baron Proof, we've got two more episodes. Uh, the final episode will be, uh, we might actually have to do the final episode as a Game of Thrones standalone episode. I think it might be deserved after all these years. Uh, oddly enough, we we're going to be on NXT the night of the finale. And yeah. Money in the Bank. Like, why would they put Money in the Bank against um, against Game of Thrones finale? I don't know. We're going to be racing home. Vince is just I say, I'm not idea. watching Money in the Bank. I'm watching the Game of Thrones. Yeah. So so that's it. Come to another great finale of this episode. Thank you fun. so much for joining us, Hambone. Uh, I have not, uh, just for those keeping track, I haven't soaked through this yet. I've been looking. It still feels a it's little wet, fine. but I think I'm good. Again, you're the only thing keeping me from dinner, so I am going to finish this, wrap this up right no, now. Up, bro. Uh, just want to uh, let you know that uh, you know we thank everybody for rate, reviewing, and subscribing. Even yeah. that one person who gave us the one-star review. Who gives one-star review? I don't review? know. They don't say their name. They son of a bitch. Gave us a one-star review. We'll find you. Yeah, we know. If you don't like this show, how about you just write to us? Tell us yeah. how we can make it better. Tweet at us. I mean, or unless, leave shitty comments on YouTube. Uh, like I mean, more than likely, fans. I'm guessing you're also possibly a... Uh, a Tiki fan who's like, why the fuck don't they talk more about Tiki on this show? But what we'll talk about right now is how to reach Hambone. You can find me on Twitter at Handbreaker. I'm only tweeting about cute animals, Dungeon Dragons, professional wrestling. You could also find me on Instagram where you will see all my adventures in the podcast I produce at John Hambone McGuire. And, you know, I'm out and about now. I'm leaving the house. It's the spring. I have no proof of this. He has not told us what day we're going to go see uh, uh, John Wick yet. It's not out yet. No, but it's like in three days or so. It's not so three you days. better, you better. Uh, I'll, I'll figure it out. It's next week, so you better, you better let I'm me John know. Wick. Let me know when I'm back from Chicago. We gotta go see it. You can reach me at GLK Creative on Instagram, at GLK Creative on Twitter. I am at cultofgeorge.com. I've been posting up so much music photography. I can't believe the amount of shit I have. And uh, I got so much. It's like never-ending treasure trove of photos. I just got to get them cleaned up. Yeah. Anyway, uh, please, please, please rate, review, and subscribe, whether you like us or not. I really appreciate everybody who finds us at shows, at Tiki Bars, at uh, at Weird Geek Flea Markets uh, to say random. hi. We really, really appreciate it. We appreciate everyone who supports the show, all three to 600 people, depending on the week. We will have more guests on the show as soon as we can breathe and actually book some guests. We will be back again next week. Hambone, wait, wait, wait. Before I even do this, I just need to give this to you as one more, one last time. Uh, no. Rest in peace, Peter Mayhew. I thought you needed that. Take us out, Hambone. How do I follow that? Everybody remember, be nice. Aloha. Серой болью всю душу свело.